So good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good. Welcome to the 10 o'clock class. We are so glad to have you. Welcome anybody that's watching online or watching the archives. We're happy that you are joining us at Boomerang Church. And uh, we just praise God for you and uh, hope that this morning will bless you, that your life will change, that the seed of the word will produce eternal fruit in you in Jesus' name. So we have been talking about healing and uh, how this, uh, what is this, week four, I think, and uh, how this came about was we started talking about healing is in the atonement of Christ, and then the next weekend we had hindrances to healing, and um, when we hit hindrances to healing, the hands started shooting up. <laughs> question, pastor, question, question. I went, ooh, we need to teach on healing, and uh, I, I hope, has it been beneficial to you what you've heard so far? Amen, good. So we will continue today. Today I just want to look at some scriptures on healing, and uh, the Word actually is chock full of them. Uh, healing is all over the Word. It is the character and nature of God. And um, but let's just pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Father, that you are a healer. Thank you, Lord, that you love us. Thank you, Father, for your goodness, for your mercy that follows us. Lord, thank you that every day, every morning, your mercy is new. It's fresh. And Lord, we receive it, we praise you for it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's turn, uh, first off, uh, we can go to uh, 1 Corinthians 7. And I just want to review a couple of things. One of the things that we talked about at the beginning was that healing really is an issue of the character and nature of God. When you understand that God is good, that God is love, in him there is no fear, there's no fear in love, perfect love cast out fear. When you start understanding the nature of God and who he really is, healing becomes kind of a given. It's kind of the default. If God's good and he's loved, then he's a healer. And uh, so a lot of times when you see people that don't believe in healing or don't believe in uh, the supernatural power of God, what you find out is what's really missing is some knowledge about the fullness of who God is, knowledge of his character, knowledge of his nature. And when we start gaining knowledge of his nature, all of a sudden healing and things like that become a given. Uh, you'll notice throughout the word constantly that healing and salvation go together. Healing and righteousness. You remember the man that they lowered down through the roof and he said, son, your sins are forgiven. And all the, all the Pharisees were like, oh, no. And he's like, well, which one's easier? And then he healed them. Because they almost always go together. And, and we find that scripturally, legally, uh, spiritual legal is true because w what's the reason that sickness came in the first place? Because of the curse. Because of sin. The wages of sin is death. Right? So sickness is just a portion and a piece. Uh, it's a chip off the block of death is what it is. Sickness is that. So when you handle the sin issue, the healing issue goes right along with it. But if you don't pair those up together, it's actually healing is a piece 
of salvation. But when you don't pair those up together, all of a sudden you start looking at them differently. You can have uh, faith to get born again, but you've never really looked at Jesus as your healer. You've seen him as your savior so that I can go to heaven, but maybe not as your healer. He's actually both. He's, He's one package with a lot of gifts in it. But the problem is we will accept one but not the other because of a lack of knowledge. So it's um, healing really is revelation of God's character. Sovereignly, God is sovereign. Sovereignly, he can do anything he wants. And what he chose to do, since he can decide what he wants to do, he decided, I am the Lord that healeth thee. So in his sovereignty, he said it, I'm a healer. And not, not just said it, what I, meant, what I said was he set it. I'm a healer. This is set. And then Jesus came along, and he was a healer. He was anointed to heal the sick, all right? Then he told his disciples, heal the sick, you know? He said, go, and this is one of the scriptures we'll look at. Those that believe will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And then throughout the rest of the New Testament, you see healing going right along with the word, working with the word. So you see in God's sovereignty, you see that he set it, that he is a healer in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Lord doesn't put stuff on you to teach you. He will allow you to step yourself into some stuff because you have free will, but he doesn't put bad stuff on you to teach you. That would be a kingdom divided, and what happens to a kingdom divided? It falls because what you would have is you would have God who is a healer and the devil who is a thief, and you would have both of them you know, trying to work together. Not going to happen. That kingdom will not stand. It's not, it's not possible for God to be uh, the one who puts sickness, the destroyer. It's not possible. Now, will he allow it? Absolutely. And does he have to allow you to be able to go into a bad place? Yes, he does. Why? Because he put authority in your hands. The heavens are the Lord's, the earth he has given to the sons of men. I think that's Psalms 115. So, uh, these are some of the things that we covered so far. In in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, something that we were talking about yesterday. Let me get there. I am there. All right, good. It says this. It says in verse 3, the husband must fulfill his duty to his wife and likewise also the wife to her husband. Now, and it says here, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise also, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Now, I'm going to leave this up to your own interpretation as to what they're talking about. We'll just move forward from here. But here's the point. When you're in a marriage, you don't have a right. You're one. And you don't have a right to say, "Mm mm-mm, not going to do that to the other one. It's not the way it works. Well, in other words, look at the next verse, verse 5. Stop depriving one another. So it says, stop depriving one another. Except by agreement for a time that you may devote yourself to prayer and come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack 
of self-control. Now, what's interesting here is in Ephesians 5, here's what it says. It says a marriage is a picture of what? Christ and his bride, the church. So here's the thing. Is God, is Jesus, depriving you of any good thing? Well, if this is godly to not deprive one another from these good things, then for, then for Jesus to say, eh, I have healing, but I'm not going to give it to you today. No, no, I just don't think so. I don't feel like it. <laughs> oh, I can't say what I just thought. But it was funny. It was really funny. It was a good one, Nicole, just so you know. Psalms 84.11. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing. Is healing a good thing? Then how much healing is he withholding from the upright? No. Now, here's what the devil will say. You're not upright. You messed up. You remember what you did last night? You remember what you did yesterday? You remember how you told that person off? Well, they didn't hear you, but you said it in your car. <laughs> You're not upright. You're not righteous. Well, that's called condemnation. And Romans 8.1 says that there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It says that in uh, 2 Corinthians 5 that you were made the righteousness of God in Christ. In other words, look at them, they're fast. Woo, put the scriptures up. In other words, here's the thing. You're not upright. You never were upright because of your own righteousness, your own self-righteousness. You are upright, and he's not withholding any good thing because you have been made the righteousness of God in Jesus. So in other words, Jesus has already paid the price for you to be righteous, for you to be made upright. Now, the devil will try to point at your own actions and tell you how much you aren't. And if you choose to believe that, then what will happen is your faith will wane. Your faith will, will go down for healing because you're believing in condemnation. That's why he's given us those scriptures so that no matter where you're at, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, repent, and you're righteous. You're righteous the whole time. You just didn't feel like it and you needed to change. We change because we love God. So in other words, back to Psalm, verse 84, how much healing, how many good things is he withholding from you, holding back? No, I don't feel like giving that to you today. He can't say that. God cannot say, I don't feel like it today. He can't do that. Why? Because he'd be breaking his own word, which means he'd be breaking his own character, his own nature. He can't do that. In his sovereignty, he has set promises like this, and he can't break his own word. He can't break his character. Healing's yours. Healing is yours. Every good thing is yours. Ephesians 1.3, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He's not withholding anything from you. You start getting a hold of this, and all of a sudden, you're, you start going, my goodness. And then, let's just, I don't know if I had this right away, but let's look at, at Romans 
says in Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how, how, he's asking, how will he not also with Jesus freely give us a few things? No. How will he not with Jesus, how will he not give you all things? Everything. If he'd give you his son, that's the most important, most valuable, biggest thing he could give. Healing is a part of his son, but it's nothing compared to him. And he said, if he'll give you that, that big gift of his only begotten son, how in the world will he withhold anything else from you that's good? He won't. Well, this, this all of a sudden, well, then you start going, well, why am I having this in my life? That's a good question. Yeah. Why are you? Well, part of the reason is because you haven't known this. Then all of a sudden you get a hold of this and you're like, well, that devil, oh, he, oh, mm, Lord, right? And, and all of a sudden you start realizing who the enemy has been the whole time and you have been allowing him to steal things. He had no right to steal, but when you agreed to it, you basically gave him the authority to do it. That's what healing is. You start seeing it as the devil, as the bully that he is. You start seeing him as that. All of a sudden, your view on life, your view on you know, heaven and earth changes. Like, wait a minute. I have everything that the Lord has? Yeah, you do. Then why am I like this? Good question. Maybe you should ask the Lord that. Maybe you should seek your heart. And you know what? Guess what? Personally, I got stuff I know the devil's stolen from me. And I, but, and I also have revelation of this. And as I press into the Lord and press into knowledge and fullness of having my mind renewed, I see those things go away. And all of a sudden, that lack continues to go away, go away, go away, and all of a sudden you find yourself in healing and provision. You know, what we're talking about is not just healing. This applies to every promise of God there is. That's why you start to understand that he is love, that he is good, the character and nature of God, and come into revelation of that, all of a sudden your problems seem to just, like, where'd they go? You start resting in him. Amen? Amen. All right, so Proverbs 4.20 through 22. My son, give attention to my words. So the subject here is words. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, what is his words, are life to those who find them and health to all their body. To all their body. Health. His words are health. Now, do you have a few words of God in, you know, lying around anywhere? You, you found any since you've been here on this earth? You found any words? Well, if we put them in and we meditate on them day and night, guess what? They start to produce a life inside of us. They start to produce health in us. We need to put it in. This is why he told Joshua, meditate on the law. Meditate on my words, is what he was saying. Day and night, and then you 
will make your way prosperous in Joshua chapter 1. Then you will make your way prosperous. Psalms 107, 19 and 20. It says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. You know, this is, this is one of the things that you need to see, is if I need saving in any area, just look at it like this. Is there an area I need saving in? Then Jesus is my Savior. When he said, I am a Savior, when he pronounced it in his word, and, and we see his goodness and receive it as a child, then that means he will save you out of any place you need saving. Whether it be distresses, enemies, whatever, Jesus is your Savior. Sickness, he's your Savior. We don't just need to see him as the Savior that gets us to heaven. We need to see him as the Savior in everything, in all of our life. Verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Verse 20. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. We're healed. And then this is interesting. So this was prophecy uh, before Jesus came. But then we have the fulfillment of the prophecy prophecy in the stripes of jesus and in first peter 2 24 it says he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you were healed you're not waiting on it it's already done it's already done you're not waiting on it See, the devil will try to get you to focus and walk by sight, by, by your physical vision, so that you'll look at that lie and believe it. But the Lord will say, look with eyes of faith at the truth in the word. He sent his word and healed them. Look at the truth in his word. He sent his word and healed them. Look at the truth in his word. Make that your vision. And then the thing that's already been paid for and done can come to pass. And manifest. Yes. By his wounds. You see in that same verse. You see how he bore our sins. And the healing was there. You see in that verse how it's righteousness. It says we will live to righteousness. Live by righteousness. In other words. When Jesus made you right with God. Your problems were destroyed. Right. All of them. Jesus was manifested, 1 John 3, 8. Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the enemy. What are the works of the enemy? John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anything found in stealing, killing, and destroying was destroyed by Jesus. It's already done. It's already done. The question is, do you know it? And do you know how to operate in it? This is a kingdom life that all Christians ought to be walking in because they're an ambassador of that kingdom. They ought to understand this. They ought to know it. They ought to know how to walk in it. But we have been satisfied to let the devil lie to us accept a lot of things as normal that God never called normal. The devil wanted you to believe they were normal like sickness, but God never called that normal. Never did he do that. 
who I feel aggression against sickness this morning. Y'all should say amen to that. That's good. Sickness is your enemy, not your friend. It's good to come against that. It's kind of like, hey, our arch, arch rivals from across town's coming in this building. Like, y'all best get out of this house. We're going to beat you down. Well, that's sickness. Sickness is your rival. And when we, we come against it, all of a sudden, things can change. But he need, God needs some believers that will stand in this with some conviction. I say, man, aggression against sickness. Y'all be like, yeah. Feel it. <laughs> Can you feel it? Yes, it's good. Yes. See, when you get that in you, sickness has got to flee. This is that's resisting the devil. Yes. When when that thing becomes so real in you, I mean it it provokes you to action, provokes you to belief. That's when it happens. We need to stir ourselves up on God's word. We need to provoke ourselves to action and belief. We need to not hold, wait around. Hello, I got to get my oil changed. Thank you. Change the batteries. All right. We need to stir ourselves up to action. We need to provoke ourselves. Well, how do we do that? Well, the, the word tells us that we stir ourselves. We make the choice to stir ourselves up by the gift that you receive by the laying on of hands. Well, what gift was given to you by the laying on of hands? Praying in the Spirit. That's right. That's one of the powers of the Holy Spirit is to simply be able to uh, stir yourself up. Stir yourself up in the most holy faith, praying by the Spirit. We need to stir ourselves up. We need to provoke ourselves to get in this word and believe it. Get in this word and believe it. You ought to be amped up all the time. It doesn't mean you have to show it. You, know, you can be amped up and nobody, nobody know it at certain times. But man, the power of God is moving through you. But you got to stir yourself up on this stuff. Otherwise, the devil will just run roughshod over you like a bully. You think about a bully. This goes right along with healing or not receiving healing. Think about a bully. What's a bully try to do? A bully comes, he tries to intimidate you to back down. So if you're not beefed up, if you're not swole up and pumped up, you know, and provoked to faith, well, first of all, that bully thinks that he can handle you. And so who's he going to prey on? The one that looks weak. That's a lot of our issues in the church has been this, is that we have not provoked ourselves. We have not stirred ourselves up on healing. We haven't read scriptures on healing. We haven't read scriptures on, on prosperity. We haven't read scriptures on protection. We haven't provoked ourselves. We haven't prayed in the Holy Spirit on this stuff. Let the Spirit lead our prayers. We got to stir ourselves up. And the devil, he, he's like, look, they ain't even reading. They're not provoked at all. Let me throw sickness on them. And then we'll be like, oh, man, I just don't feel so good. And, and the devil's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I got one. 
they got it. They don't know it. Or they know it, but they're not excited about it. Easy peasy. Yeah. Good stuff. And devil's happy. And you're sick. Man, I and and see, he won't leave you like he'll. I was just telling Deb before we got started that it's been like three or four weeks, been fighting with a cold and coughing a lot, and it's falling off me now. But man, as soon as we start talking about healing, we got attacked. Almost every member in the family on some kind of sickness. Why? Because you think that the devil's just going to let you run with the things of God and not try to get in your way and derail you. That doesn't mean that he's got a power to, but it just means that he's not going to just stand idly by and like, look, they're super Christian. We'll just let them go. No. He's going, you need to be provoked about these things, about all the goodness of God, all the goodness. He is a bully, and he will bully those that will allow him. When does a bully stop being a bully? When somebody resists him. Jesus said, resist the devil and he will flee. Amen? Amen. All righty. Matthew eight seventeen. I think my job is to provoke you this morning, yeah. which is good. We need yeah. to be provoked. I, I'm, I need to be provoked yeah. at times. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Matthew sixteen seventeen. These signs will accompany those who have believed. Then go to verse 18. Have you believed? These signs will accompany those. Well, let's just read the whole thing because a lot of people skip over everything that's in there because it starts talking about demons. And uh, then they're like, well, let's not talk about it. Well, that's something you need to be provoked on too. They're real. If you haven't dealt with them, you should grow to the place where you learn how to deal with them. I've dealt with plenty of them. They're under our feet. It's nothing to be scared of whatsoever. But here's the thing. It says, "Those these signs shall accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. You know, God didn't, Jesus was talking here and he didn't say, you know, they will speak with new tongues uh, for a period of time and then it'll go away. Uh, that, now it says that when he comes back and that which is perfect has come, in other words, we've received a glorified body, uh, then the things that will remain is faith, hope, and love, right? Because when we have that glorified body, there's a lack of corruption. We're with the Father. It says we will know all things, Right? Then we don't have stuff that we don't know what the Father's doing. We won't have a need for that then. But this is talking about while we're on the earth, they're going to do it. If they're a believer, they're going to do it. Are you a believer? Then why are you not accepting all of these things? Why are you not provoking yourself to all of these things? This is not for those that will preach will do this. Those that are pastors will do this. No, those that believe. Are you a Christian? Do you believe? Man, I'm... Mm, I can. I hope y'all are receiving it like I'm giving it. It's good. This sometimes you need to be stirred. You need to be stirred up. That's, this is why they. You know, uh, we just played uh, Carolina. Just played Seattle a couple weeks ago, and I lo- what I love about Seattle is 
they have, they have 11 players on the field, but they have the 12th man, which is their crowd. Because it's so loud, several plays, uh, Cam Newton was calling plays and people were jumping off uh, sides constantly because they couldn't hear what calls were being. The crowd was so provoked. to They are a part of this thing. They were so provoked. They had an effect on that game. Now, we can't help it that God loved the Panthers that day and they didn't win anyway, but the crowd caused problems for us. Well, are you causing problems for the devil? Are you allowing yourself? There's a reason why they will get a crowd hyped up because you get people provoked towards the right things. It has an effect. It changes the atmosphere. It changes the environment. I was talking to a pastor the other day, and uh, oh, we're, out, we're just preaching now. We're not teaching. So we, I was talking to a pastor the other day, and he said, man, he said, well, you can get in a message, and, and, and you want to stay on track, but then the crowd start drawing on you by faith, like drawing stuff out of you. He said, and then you'll go down, you'll, you'll minister to that. It, it put, what it does, it puts a draw on the things of God, and God will feed that draw, right? And I told him, I said, people have no idea how much their expectations how powerful an expectation and faith that they bring to a service is. They don't know. He said, I know. He said, they, don't, they really don't have a clue. I didn't have a clue about it until I started preaching. But man, you come in here like I'm getting something today. Look, yes, Lord, feed me, open my heart. Let me give you the fertile soil of an expectant heart. All of a sudden, God's like, huh, let me put a seed there. Yes, yeah, all right, yeah. It, it draws. When, the, when you get excited about the things of God, it draws on the things of God. When you get excited about healing and, and His good things, it draws on that. Yeah. It changes the atmosphere. It changes the environment. It changes it. Amen. So be it. Let it be here in Jesus' name. Ooh. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They, the believers, will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will recover. Romans 8, 11. Now here's a question. This is a good one to know the answer to because it's a part of your salvation. Is uh, did Jesus physically come back to life? Did the power of God physically bring Jesus back to life? All right, so what happened there? Was he healed? His, not just his spirit, his physical body. See, I lived in that. I lived in that. Lack of revelation for a long time. I'm thought, well, he just came back to be a spirit. No, 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 no. He was physically dead, and he became physically alive. Other words, they wouldn't have been able to touch him. He physically came back to life. Now, what happened there? So his body had no life in it, but the Holy Spirit, God sent the Holy Spirit in power and healed him after three days. Right? All right, 
this is in Romans 11. You have to believe that to be born again. So it's a pretty important thing to know. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, Romans 8:11. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, as a believer, does He dwell in you? Yeah, he does. If you believe God, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, the Spirit dwells in you. So the answer already is, I qualify. Say, I qualify. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that's the Father, through the Holy Spirit, will also give life, not to your spiritual body, to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. He'll give life to it. So when you start to understand, it it's kind of goes back, you know, a few verses later is where he says, if he'd give you Jesus, he'd give you all things. You start to understand, when we received Jesus, we received it all. When we, when we received Jesus, he will. You know, Lord, will you heal me? Yes. He just answered it. Yes, I will. The guy came to Jesus and said, if you will, Lord. He said, I will be healed. Be well. I will. The answer from God is always the same. He's already said it in his sovereignty. I will. You're healed. And matter of fact, you're not waiting on it. You already have it. What you're waiting on is you to get it through your head that this thing is done. That's what you're waiting on. Acts 10.38, we read this uh, last week. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Who were they oppressed by? And Jesus came and was manifested for what purpose? To destroy the works of the devil. To destroy the works of the devil. In other words, to heal, exactly what you said. Jesus went about doing good because God was with him. See, this is just it. Is God with you? Well, if you're a believer, he is. God's with you too. That same power is in you right now. You mean I got the healing power like Jesus had in in me? Not me, you. Me too, but you is who I'm talking to. Yes, if you believe God, you do. You may not have known it till right now, but you do. If God is with you, matter of fact, in John 17, Jesus said, For all those who believe, I send them the same way, Father, that you sent me. The same way. That should change the way you look at things. That should change the way. All of a sudden, you, you mean I can pray over somebody for them to be healed? Yes. And you know what? You'll see results. When you pray, you ought to be thinking, this is about to happen. When that changed in my heart, I can remember, uh, would y'all come here for a second? I can remember I I was uh, praying for people and, uh, all right, stand apart for just a second. I know y'all about to get married and you, all right. All right, so I'd pray for people and I'd be like, oh Lord, please heal them. I hope they get healed. And I wasn't hardly releasing any faith. Well, every now and then one would get healed and it just to like keep me in the game. Otherwise, I'd get discouraged. But every now and then they'd get healed and Jesus was helping me. But then one day I decided, I saw this. And I went, this is in me. 
There's not a question whether or not he's going to release it. He's releasing it. It's about, and I'd tell them, and this helped me, probably, it might have helped them, I'm sure it helped them too, but it helped me a lot. And I'd say, when I lay my hands on you, it's happening, you understand? This is going away right now. Okay? Okay. I'm still provoking. I'm provoked. If you can't tell, I'm provoked. And when I would pray and release, bam, that power would be released. Look. We're just acting it out. It was released right then. We're just acting, yet it was still released. I could feel it releasing. Why? Because we're doing the things that God says are out there. And when I started to believe this is happening right now, this is happening right now, it's going to happen. I can look at this word and say, this is going to happen. When Those that believe, I believe, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. There's no question about that. When I lay hands on the sick, they're recovering. George is in recovery right now. Why? Because I was releasing that. That belongs in every single one of us. Thank you all. You can be healed too. Amen. <laughs> Sorry for my lack of faith earlier. <laughs> Deuteronomy 28, last verse, says that all diseases are a part of the curse. Every disease, named or unnamed, so it doesn't even matter if you know the name of it. Every disease, named or unnamed, is under the curse. And then Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. In other words, every sickness, every disease, named or unnamed, is broken in Jesus name faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God particularly a word that is alive and I would since we've been on it a provoked word by God in you faith comes by hearing hearing by the word if you got sickness in your body guess what and you're a believer when you lay hands on the sick they shall recover it's not just talking about somebody else you can lay hands on yourself, and you shall recover in Jesus' name. So if you've got an area that needs healing, that needs recovering, right now that power will be released through your hands simply because faith has risen up, and I am believing God. So just put your hands wherever, wherever you got sickness if you want to, and if you, if you don't know, just put it on your head. Put it on your heart. Father, your word says, those that believe, We'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. By your stripes we were healed. We're not waiting on something right now. We receive your healing, your saving of us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for it. Sickness be removed from this body right now and be cast away in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's it. Lord, we just praise you so much. Thank you for being our healer. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you for loving on us when you didn't, did not have to. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you for this day. And Lord, we stir ourselves up on your things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a great morning. Have a